Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. parking lot and I see all the booths set up and I was just like I pull in and I look up in the sky I was like I got you God because I had just evaluated myself I had written out all the things that I've done in my life all the regrets all the hurt all the things that uh that needed to come out as a short service because we were having all those baptisms and I went up to Pastor Drew and said you know I told him, I was like, look, man, it's just like, I'm going to get baptized today. I want to get baptized today. So it's interesting how God works because I just finished up writing all these things, all this stuff that I've done in my life that I was regretful for, and it meant something. You know, it was, I was ready. I was, it was time for me to surrender. It was time for me to just give it all away. And when I went into that water and came back out, I looked up into the sky and I was just like, thank you. I love my church because they've been here for me. They're my family. Whenever I need them, they're here. They always have been for the last year. Hey, what's up, Celebration? It is going to be a fantastic weekend this weekend as we are celebrating so many changed lives with water baptism, and you're about to hear a great message from one of our many incredibly gifted communicators here at Celebration. I'm not here this weekend, but I will be back next weekend uh, preaching live and in person as we conclude the I Love My Church series. And next weekend, I'm going to be making an announcement that I believe is the most significant announcement ever in the history of Celebration Church. Some very, very exciting news. So you want to be here in person next weekend as we share that exciting news. So God bless. Y'all have a great weekend. I'm celebrating with you guys and water baptism, and I'll see you next weekend. Hey, church, how are we doing this morning? Everybody doing well? Can you help me welcome all of our campuses and first-time guests who are here today? So glad you're here. Pastor Josh Q, we love you. Your fantasy team is not very good. I just had a draft with him this past week. We're going to pray for your fantasy team later. Uh, so good to see you, church. Uh, my name is Leighton. I have the privilege and honor to be one of our riot pastors here at the arena. Love the riot. The young guns over here to the left. It's such an honor to be with you guys and, and to share. You know, this weekend is an incredible weekend at our church and really across the world. Uh, not because college football is back even though that's great. Uh, not because this hurricane, Category 5, that was sweeping through Jacksonville somehow kind of missed us, you know, wasn't as bad as we thought. I have a lot of bread stored up in my house. Bathtub is still full of water in case of emergency. But this weekend, as you came in to church and you saw in the lobby in the courtyard, it's baptism weekend here at Celebration Church. One of my favorite, come on, you can do better than that. It's baptism weekend. What I love about Baptism Weekend is it's one of the weekends you can tangibly see life change. You can tangibly see someone take a step from death to life in, a, in just a simple pool uh, that, that is heated in case you want to get baptized. Uh, it's really comfortable. It's heated. It's not going to be cold. 
It's one of my favorite weekends, uh, but before I move to the word, I just wanna honor Pastor Stovall, Pastor Kerry. We serve amazing pastors, incredible leaders. Uh, I know they're mourning right now after the LSU loss. We're praying for you guys. We love you. Uh, but I truly love Pastor Stovall. Do you guys love Pastor Stovall, Pastor Kerry? They're amazing. Let's go ahead and jump into the word. Why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter three. Luke chapter three. When you get to the third chapter, you can flip to verse 21. When you get there, you can say, go Jacks." In church, we believe in prophetic statements. So uh, I prophesy we'll make the playoffs this year. It's for all you uh, morning Jag fans for the past 10 years. It's not how we start, it's how we finish. Luke chapter three, we're gonna start in verse 21. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was also baptized too. So this is in the Jordan River and John the Baptist is baptizing a lot of people and then it says, Jesus was also baptized. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said this, you are my son whom I love and with you, I'm well pleased. Verse 23 says, now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. For the next 20 minutes, I wanna to talk to you around the topic and the conversation of water baptisms. There are a lot of misconceptions and a lot of things that I believe that we be think about water baptisms are and how it means to us as believers. But if you could just lean in with me, we're really gonna dig into what water baptisms mean to you and I as believers. And if you're taking notes, I wanna to speak to you from a message I've entitled, Something in the Water. There's something in the water. Why don't we pray? Lord, we love you. Thank you for uh, just another day of breath, another day of life, another day where a second chance can begin. God, I thank you for your mercy and your grace and your love that is here. Lord, I just pray for people to step in boldness today and to step in audacity and to take what you have for them. Lord, I pray that thousands of people will be baptized campus-wide today on September 11th, or September 4th, God. And we also pray for September 11th because we know that's the Jags' first game against the Green Bay Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers will not throw for any touchdowns. We will make him fumble and return it for a touchdown in Jesus' name, amen. Any Jags fans believe that? I'm just building your faith for next week. Come on, that's all I'm doing. I got a question by a show of hands. How many of you, you're married? You're married in here, show of hands. Come on, let me see them high. Proud, high and proud. Come on, all right, if you're single, uh, look around. Everyone who's not raising their hand is available. <laughs> well, kind of, you know, could be. If you're gonna meet someone, you better meet them in church. You know, it's way better to meet them in church than in a bar or in a dance club or maybe even the gym. You don't know what they're doing. The reason they're here, maybe even the best place to meet someone is in growth track after service because you know they're walking out their faith and walking out the will of God. But just look around, see whose hands were raised, see whose hands weren't raised. Uh, I've been married for seven months to my beautiful wife, Hannah, who's sitting here on the front row. She's amazing. And uh, you know, since I've endured this long race of marriage for seven months, there's some things that I had to get adjusted to when we first got married. One of those things that I was not acclimated with when we first got married was a, a TV channel. And this TV channel that we now watch regularly uh, was not something I watched before marriage. And the TV channel is something 
about home and garden TV, HGTV. Never seen this show until we got married and I had to get adjusted to this, but now Chip and Jojo and Hannah and I are best friends. We're just best friends. Fixer Upper, I endorse Fixer Upper through my Twitter account. I'm just kidding, that's not true at all. But HGTV was so new to me, I didn't, had no idea what to do, but I got adjusted to it really quick. Uh, another thing that I really didn't know how to handle uh, was the, the wedding ring process. I'm not really a ring guy. I don't really like jewelry, I don't really like rings. Uh, I think sometimes they're kind of awkward and, and uncomfortable and weird in some ways. If there's a, a guy wearing a lot of rings, so we'll pray for you later. Um, <laughs> When you get baptized, they can stay in the pool. Just kidding. But, but for me, I'm not a ring guy. It's just kind of my personal uh, preference. And, and when we got married, you know, wearing a ring was something that I had to do. I signed up for this. But early on in our marriage, I would catch myself, you know, like leaving my ring at home on accident. I would take it off before I go to sleep. I just couldn't sleep with my ring on. It was so weird. Uh, I'd be in meetings and I would take the ring off and, and just twirl it like it's a, you know, like a quarter around the table and then forget it, put it in my pocket, like just all these random things that I would do because I was not adjusted to, to the ring process. And honestly, it was very uncomfortable for me and I did not like it. But what I learned in this process, you know, I'd ask Hannah, Hannah, do I have to wear the ring? Like, can I get a tattoo? You know, it's like a permanent tattoo on my finger. I promise you it'll have your initials on it. Well, if that's not good enough, then I'll tattoo your face on my finger. Let the whole world know where I stand and who I belong to. Um, you can see where the conversation landed. She won this battle as she wins many battles. And in this experience of me getting adjusted to a wedding ring, I learned one thing about relationships. In my relationship with Hannah, my commitment to her is more important than my comfort. And my covenant I have with her should always be the precedent over my comfort. In every relationship, commitment and covenant should precede comfort. And there are some times in our relationship with God where I think we have reversed that order and now comfort is leading our commitment and our covenant. When you talk about relationships and you talk about faith, marriage is often an illustration people use to, to bring up what the faith journey is all about. And when people talk about water baptisms, the wedding ring is, a, is an illustration used all the time. People will say water baptisms is the wedding ring to your relationship with God. And I think there are some of us, because the wedding ring and the baptism is uncomfortable, we have allowed that uncomfort to rule, to, to overrule our, our commitment and our covenant with our relationship with Jesus. Some things you need to know about the wedding ring, about water baptism, Pastor Clay says it best, is water baptism doesn't save you. You just need to know it does not save you, it displays you. Pastor Stovall has said that water baptism is an outward declaration of an inward revelation. It's an inward commitment, but this is my outward declaration of what it's all about. And I'm gonna give you four points today about what, what, what water baptism is. But before we talk about what it is, let me just kind of talk about what it's not. Water baptism is not your salvation. And if you've ever believed that, I just wanna set it very clear here and set the tone. Salvation is found in one thing and one thing alone, and his name is Jesus. The only way to the Father is through the Son, not through water baptisms. It's by grace, through faith, that I am now saved. Not of my gifts, not of my works. It is a, actually a gift of God, something I've received, nothing I've done. So water baptisms is not your salvation. It does not determine your eternal outcome. But just because it doesn't determine this eternal outcome does not mean it should derail your earthly obedience. 
It should, it should not derail the steps God has asked us to take on this side of heaven to walk with him and to walk out this faith thing and to show the world where we stand. So it may, it, it may not determine heaven or hell, but church, can we be a group of people who are just focused, who are just as focused on earthly obedience as we are heavenly outcomes? We can just walk out the will of God and show our city what we're all about and who we stand for, and we can show the commitment and the covenant rather than our comfort. Water baptisms is about your commitment and your covenant. It's the wedding ring to your relationship with Jesus. In Luke chapter three, we read it earlier, we see Jesus being baptized. And Jesus is baptized by this guy named John the Baptist. And when Jesus is baptized, I love this, you find some things that he receives in a byproduct of baptism. So if you're taking notes, I wanna give you four things that water baptisms do for you and I as believers. Water baptisms do some things for us as believers. Number one, water baptism, it causes, act, it causes activation. When Jesus is water baptized here in Luke chapter three, he is 30 years old. Jesus lived 33 years on this earth. And when he was 30 years old here in Luke chapter three, the minute he was baptized, in verse 23 it says, and there his ministry began. His ministry and his calling was activated in a moment of baptism. It stirred something on the inside of them. It brought something to surface. It, it was his launching pad to his ministry. And water baptisms can be a launching pad for some things for you too. It's gonna activate, it's gonna stir, it's gonna bring to surface some things in your life. And one of those things that I want you to know that water baptism activates is found in Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six, it speaks about water baptisms. Verse three, it says this. It says, or don't you know that all of us who were water baptized into Christ were also baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, here's what it activates, it's so beautiful. We too may live a new life. Water baptisms and salvation is not just about what you're bearing, it's about what you're resurrecting. It's not just about what you're saved from, it's about what you're saved into. It's if water baptisms was just about the burial, then we would keep you underwater. But there's a reason in that video when Santana was getting baptized, he went from the water into new life. He went from his sin into righteousness. And when you're a water baptized, something just stirs up in the inside of you to activate new life in you. Because it is stirring in the natural what has taken place in the spiritual. You were dead in your sin, but now you're alive in Christ. Your sins are gone as far as east is to the west, and now you're raised, a new creation, a new being. The old is gone, the new has come. It activates this thing called new life in every single one of us. It's an activation thing. Water baptism number two, it also gives affirmation. In Luke chapter three, Jesus is baptized. Verse 22, it says, heaven was torn into two. And God looked from heaven and spoke something over Jesus. And he affirmed and gave Jesus affirmation. And he said these three things. You're my son, whom I love. And in you, I'm well pleased. Was this the defining moment to make Jesus the son of the father? No. But this was a moment to reaffirm and to confirm something he already had. And some of you, you're looking for impartation aspects of your relationship with God. And what God, he might not give you impartation in a moment of baptism, but he will give you affirmation to remind you of what you already have. That in him, you are his son or daughter. In him, he loves you. And in him, he is pleased with you. 
Water baptism will show you that no matter what you've done, no matter what race you've done, how, how far you've run, how far you've gone, how much you've sinned, that God still loves you in this moment. He's still proud of you in this moment. He wants to affirm something on the inside of you. He's going to affirm the identity of who you are and whose you are. But he also wants to affirm the picture of salvation. For some of you, you need to take the step of baptism to remind yourself what you received a long time ago. Because when you're baptized, what it does is it affirms the picture of salvation, that you were buried into sin, but guess what? You don't stay there, you were resurrected. You were, you were dead in your sin, you were, you were, your sins were forgiven, but it just doesn't stay there. The gospel is not just about what you're saved from. Baptism is not just about what you're saved from, it reminds you what you're saved into. It affirms this picture in the natural, what has, has taken place in the spiritual long ago. You've received Jesus, but guess what? You gotta remind yourself and maybe experience in the natural of what it's all about. It just activates something inside of you. It affirms who you are and what God's done. And number three, I love this point. Water baptism brings accountability. Luke chapter three, listen to this, it's so interesting. It says that John the Baptist was baptizing tons of people and then it just throws in a comment and Jesus was baptized too. For everyone to see, all the public, everyone in the Jordan River was watching. Like if anyone had an excuse to do it silent and secret, it was Jesus. Hey John, um, I know that you're doing this right now for all these people, but tomorrow can we, can we come back? Can, can you do it for me later when no one's looking? Like I don't want it on Snapchat. You know, I don't really want it on Instagram. I don't really want anybody to know because it's just gonna bring a lot of attention to me and it's not about me, you know? It's not about me. No, Jesus did for all to see. He did it in the public because you can never be held accountable for something that's a secret. You can never be held accountable for something that's hidden. Jesus wanted the whole world to know I'm in this race. And because he announced and he made a public declaration of an inward decision that I'm in this race, now that he announced it to the world, he had other people to keep him accountable for the race that he ran. And some of you, you're looking to be encouraged in a race, but no one knows you're in it. You've made a decision in the pews of, oh, I wanna give my life to Jesus, but you're the only one who knows. And the reason the race is so hard is because you're in it alone. And what water baptism does is it steps you out of a boat by yourself and you get in a journey with people together and you can say, we're gonna do this together for you to see, for me to see, that I'm gonna be held accountable for this commitment that I've made. It just keeps you accountable. A lot of, I'll just say this about accountability. Jesus had a ton of excuses of why he should not have been baptized in that moment, but he still did it. And I think today you might have a lot of excuses too. What's raining? I got, I got baptized earlier yesterday when it was raining, pouring down rain. I was soaked, that was my baptism, I'm good. I, I just did my hair, I got my hair did yesterday. Cool, we got hair nets. I don't have any clothes. We have clothes for you. We have everything you need. We have removed the excuses so you can be held, held accountable, but also so you can be encouraged in the race of this faith journey. So after service, if you don't have clothes, go to, to the bathrooms. At every male and female bathroom, there's gonna be clothes provided for every single one of you to take the step. And what you need to activate is you need to take this step. Pastor Stovall says it, and I love it. The right time to do the right thing is right now. There's no more waiting. I wanna be held accountable, but I also want some encouragement. I was thinking about this. When Hannah and I got married, it, it was a public thing. We invited friends and family, and we also selected groomsmen. 
The reason we had friends and family and groomsmen and bridesmaids in our wedding was not just for a celebration. It was for support. And we are inviting them to the wedding to sign up for, I'm gonna encourage you in this race. When times get tough, I'm gonna remind you of the commitment. When you can't do it by yourself, I'm gonna step in. That's what a wedding is for and that's also what baptism is for. So maybe you're not getting baptized today but you need to still get in the race and watch people so later down the road you can encourage them. It is accountability. It's affirmation, and it also gives you activation. But lastly, what you see here in Luke chapter three, you see Jesus, he finds three things from God, a byproduct of three things from baptism. But that experience in Luke chapter three shows up later in John chapter 10. I'm gonna go to John chapter 10. It's an interesting story. Jesus is baptized in Luke chapter three when he's 30. In this moment, people say he's 33. This is three years later. And his baptism, one simple step of obedience, shows up again in his race. John chapter 10, the verse, you need to know some context. Jesus has just said, I have come to give life and life to the full. I have come to give life and life abundantly. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's here to do. Here's what I'm here to do. And then after these statements of I am the good shepherd and I am this, Later on in the passage, the, the Jews at the, the festival of dedication go up to Jesus and say, hold on, you say you're who? Who do you say you are? You're, you're the son of God, really. You're the good shepherd. You're gonna give me life. Well, prove it. You're big and bad, prove it. And Jesus is being attacked. He's being challenged. He's being questioned. And who he is is being tested. What was affirmed and activated and held accountable in Luke chapter three is now being challenged in John chapter 10. And I wanna show you how Jesus responds to difficulty in his life. Jesus, in a moment of difficulty, this, this moment of baptisms comes back to surface. John chapter 10, verse 39, and it says that again they tried to seize him, they were trying to kill Jesus, trying to capture him, but he escaped their grasp. Verse 40 shows us the success to enduring the race. Shows us how Jesus responds to difficulty. It said Jesus went back, not forward. He went back across to the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed and many, many people came to him and they said, though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man was true. Read this in verse 42. And in that place, many people believed in Jesus. Point number four, yes, it will give you affirmation. Water baptism will, will stir up affirmation. It'll stir up activation. It'll bring accountability. But my favorite part you see here in John chapter 10 is water baptism builds a monument of a previous miracle. When Jesus needed strength in his race, it wasn't in finding a vision for the future. It wasn't in finding something to come. It was found in something that's already taken place. And his strength for his race was found in the victory of an old day. And in John chapter 10, when Jesus needed to, to be encouraged, he went back to Luke chapter three where he was baptized. 
And he said, you know what, in order for, you to, for me to find strength, I don't have to look to what is to come. I have to look to what's already taken place. Because what I know about the Bible is it says God was same, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he brought me through death here, then he can give me life here. And I know if he was good there, then he'll be good here. And Jesus built a monument in his mind to remind himself, no matter when it gets tough, I remember that day where I gave my life to Jesus. I remember that day where I was baptized. Jesus found strength in an old monument of a past miracle. You see that to be true with David too. David, he had a tower. It was called David's Tower in Israel. And this tower was a tall standing building for all the city to see. It was a military fortress. And at the top of the tower, it had shields hung around the tower. Circular building across all the top of the tower, there were shields. And what those shields were, were victories, shields of a previous victory. When Israel would go to battle, they would defeat their enemy. And when they defeated the enemy, they would take the shield of the enemy and go hang it on the tower. They would have another battle, take the shield of the enemy and hang it on the tower. The reason they did that is because they knew tough times would come. And when tough times come, maybe you don't need to look to the future. Maybe you just gotta look back to the tower or back to the monument and say, you know what, I remember what God did here. And if he was faithful there, he'll surely be faithful here. Some of you have yet to take that step to build a monument in your life. You've been walking on abstract and sand type steps. But the thing about a monument is it's always concrete. It's always a rock. It's always a structure that cannot be shaken. And you've been walking on abstract steps trying to figure out how do I find encouragement? Here's your concrete step to encourage you in this moment. Baptisms. The concrete step for you is baptisms. Because when tough times come, you'll look back to the tower. Say, hey, you know, enemy, I know what you're trying to do. You remember that battle? I got your shield. Hey, hey you, you, you remember that? Trying to give me shame? Jesus took the keys from you. Oh, oh really? You're gonna talk to me about sinning on earth? You couldn't even live in heaven. Don't even talk to me about that. I got a shield. You gotta build a monument of a previous miracle. This point became more true to me than ever before. Last night when I was preparing for Saturday night, it was about five o'clock and, and I got a text from one of our riot leaders. And I wanna read you this, this text from one of our riot leaders. I'll read it in quote. It says, hey pastor, I don't know where you are right now, but this is my friend Kleber. I brought him to celebration and two years ago, you and Pastor Petey baptized him. I'm at his memorial service right now. And I just wanted to let you know that what we do in the kingdom truly matters. Love you. And he attached a picture to the text to give me and to give him strength in a time where we needed it. And I got this picture in my phone. The monument, the tower that Andrew sent me to remind me of God's faithfulness was found in a concrete step of baptisms. And though Kleber is not here walking on this earth, he has a monument for all of us to look at and say, you know what, God did it there. He can surely do it here. This picture was something that not only encouraged him in his race, but encouraged other people in his race. You see that in John 10, Jesus, it says he went back to the place at the Jordan River. And at that place, people came to him, the monument he built. And in that place, many people believed.
And what I've learned with this picture and what I've learned with John chapter 10 is the monument you build through baptisms and a previous miracle might not be just for you. It could be for someone else. That when you take this step, it's not just gonna encourage you, it's just not gonna encourage your faith, it can encourage your family's faith, your friend's faith, your surroundings' faith, your city's faith, your work's faith. But we gotta take the step. The right time to do the right thing is right now. Some of us need a monument of our life to look to when things get tough. And today you can build it. They're going to a pool and allowing, you just step in and allow someone else to take over. If I could, can I have you stand to your feet? Maybe go ahead and uh, close your eyes, bow your head. I wanna ask a few questions. You know, water baptism is a public declaration. You gotta make it public. Yes, your faith is, pri is personal, but it's not private. Pastor Stovall has said it all the time. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in here today and you say, you know what? I know that I need to do this water baptism. I need to take this concrete step in my faith. Maybe I've done it before, but I've walked away from it. I don't even know the monument to go back to. Right now and today is the day that you can build that memorial, you can build that monument, you can hang a shield on your tower to remind you of what God has done in your life. There are no excuses. I know that you feel like you're not qualified. None of us are. That's the beautiful thing about salvation. This is for you. If you're in here and you say, you know what, I'm going to take this step and I'm going to get water baptized. I just want you to slip up your hand right now. Slip up your hand. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, this is just for you and God. Just slip it up, slip it right back down. We're going to have a moment where you can activate that and put your faith in action. But before we move any further, I want to ask a really important question. You know, if water baptism is a public declaration of something we have on the inside, we first have to have it on the inside. And you've, if any of you have yet to receive Jesus, you've yet to fully surrender, you've yet to, to give your life to God, I wanna give you a chance right now. God is knocking at your door, your heart is pounding. And you know that it's right now. If you're in here today and you say, I wanna give my life to Jesus, I'm not gonna to count to three, I'm not gonna wait, I'm just gonna ask you to slip your hand right now in faith. Say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. Come on, slip up your hand all across the room. There's hands up everywhere. I see you in the back up here. Come on, I feel like there's some, some more of you. You just wanna slip up your hand and say, I'm giving my life to Jesus right now in this moment. Church, let's say this prayer together as a family. Say, Lord Jesus, we give you our life. We surrender all. We acknowledge your sacrifice. We give you our sin and take your life. We will follow you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, why don't you give God a big hand for everybody who is responding. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.